0: Metro, trust you, I don't going morning. of my
1: Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to get through, through this thing called Now Your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. My name is Pat Sheehan with my co-host, Becky with the good hair, Dave Martinson. Dude, you stole my thing. <laughs> I, I, I had a, one of us was gonna get to it. I just had to get to it first. Dave, what's going on? We had a really good week. Surprise. Week... Uh, was it week 10? 11? Dare I say a great week? Yeah. And we have a great show lined up for you? We do, actually. There's a lot to talk about. It's a really packed show. We wanted to start off, though, because we have a hater. So Isn't it a cool having a hater? You know, I want people to either really like us or really hate us. I, I don't want you, like, giving us a, a three-star review and saying, meh? meh, I want you to... Loathe us and tell all of your friends why you do. And tell them, go listen to how terrible these guys are and give us your clicks. At NostalgiaPod on Twitter. Let us know why we suck. Or if you really like us, definitely give us your clicks and tell all your friends to come and listen to us. Because we really appreciate that as well. Yeah. So I want to read this review from (laughs) tx 5 He says, pass. They take such apologetic stances on movie reviews. That's terrible to listen to. Are y'all afraid to hurt someone's feelings? Hard pass. Well, Maddie, first, thank you for the review, because we, we, do, we do ask people to review, so thank you for that. But second, I very strongly disagree with him on that. I think this has
0: to be in regards to Batman vs. Superman. It has. To it's be. one of our more popular episodes, and mm-hmm. it's the movie we talked about most,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's the most divisive movie we've discussed. Everything else has been either universally panned or universally loved, like Midnight Special, for example. Mm-hmm. If you missed that, soundcloud.com slash pod. Batman vs. Superman is divisive. Some people really like it. Some people absolutely despise it. I feel like we backed up our thoughts on that very well over Mm -hmm. several episodes. So if you disagree, that's fine.
1: Yeah, sure. I don't
0: think that means I'm not trying to offend someone. I just have a different opinion.
1: Absolutely. And I think what I would say to this good sir, Maddie T. Maddie T x05 you know i appreciate your opinion uh, may, maybe we do go uh, a little bit lighter. I, we talk more about things we enjoy usually because it brings us more joy but hearing uh, me
0: rant on something and why i dislike it isn't fun to listen to not really it's called content strategy
1: brett but if you want to hear our take on some movies that we don't like go back to basically all of our first episodes and hear us talk about gods of egypt and you'll hear yeah. some, some bad reviews that was, that was good stuff so shout out maddie t and why, why don't we jump right into it dave so yeah. Prince died. Yeah, sucks. Friday, I was. Uh, yeah, right. Basically, right after our last week's episode went out. Yeah, I know. So we're at, the, was, we're at the tail end of this one. No, it was actually last. Yeah, it was last Thursday. Actually, you're right. It was, we, we record on Wednesdays, and uh, it happened last Thursday. And I came out of a session at work, and I, I had my, my phone. I had like five or six texts from people saying, "Oh, Prince is dead," or, and yeah. I couldn't believe it. So Dave, what was your reaction?
0: Yeah, no, I was at work, and I just went away from my my work. And strolled across the internet, and I just saw the headline. I'm not sure what site, and I was like, "Ah, really? No, come on!" Like that, we just had like David Bowie died, and Fife dog, and it's been a bad year. It was just one of those things where, like, because he didn't have like a lingering illness or anything, he wasn't like fighting cancer for five years or something. And like everyone always really liked Prince, even if they didn't really talk about him that much in the meantime. It just it just kind of sucks, just because, and a lot of people have really. You know, went in on it uh, since it happened, but mm-hmm. because Prince was uh, so influential and such a versatile artist in musician and whatnot, and the fact that he has that huge vault of music that's out there, right? Everyone had, you know, a lot of faith that he would continue to be a very active artist until his later years. I mean, he just had a new album, a new uh, record uh, mm-hmm. deal, stuff go down. Yeah, he he I mean, had a
1: new tour going on, right? Yeah, I think one of the things that stood out to me right away is that prince was typical or not not typical he was the apex of the 80s pretty much it was him madonna michael jackson Mm -hmm. and obviously 80s were right a little bit before our time but exactly for us yeah before (laughs) (laughs) for us i think we know him mostly probably from not only his the persona that's out there but that like the dave Chappelle skit where he's he plays basketball beats dave you know game blouses and then he Asked him to play, uh to eat pancakes with him. Yeah, I remember he, he did. He did the Batman. Uh, yeah, the
0: Batman soundtrack. He did the Super Bowl in like what 2005. Probably the best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. See, everyone's saying how much they loved it. I could have sworn people weren't a fan at the time. Am I just misremembering that? I, I thought. I, I thought people thought I was like really like mellow and not a good fit for the halftime show.
1: To be honest, I don't even remember really watching it. Uh, however, also the, also the Colts were playing. So Paul McCartney.
0: Same thing when he did Super Bowl. I, I thought everyone was
1: kind of mad in those i think the thing, it was a long time ago though. when i think about that that performance and also another performance that stands out um, if you go on soundcloud and just search prince coachella you can listen to his whole uh, 2008 headlining coachella set which is renowned as probably one of the greatest uh, headlining sets of all time at Coachella. Wow. He had this moment to shine where literally everybody in the world was watching him, and he did Proud Mary, wh- he did Proud Mary into all along the Watchtower, into the Foo Fighters Best of You. I mean, the, uh, I did a, hear about this. he yeah. didn't even use his own songs, he just wanted to put on the best show possible, and that yeah, was pretty and, much and, and then the Foo Fighters have to play that song again? Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, the same thing at Coachella, he did a, a version of Creep, and you've probably see, seen it if you've been looking for Prince videos, right? and Tom York actually told Prince that he wanted YouTube to put that out, and Coachella isn't usually allowed to put live footage out. Yeah, but it was just a, such a good cover that they felt it had to be out on the internet, for right? People to see. I mean, the, the
0: interesting thing too is, like I said, Prince people don't like talk about Prince or listen to the listen to him on the radio, despite you know his great legacy, obviously, and his you know legend genius status and whatnot. But five of his songs are currently in the top forty-one on Billboard, which is actually very surprising because Prince isn't on Spotify. No, he's not. He's untitled, though. Is he untitled? He is. I'll say. But Spotify and is the top music streaming service. So to chart on billboard that means he must be playing on the radio a ton
1: he also has sold 3.5 million records since his death. Yeah, that's insane. insane and i think the the probably the lasting perception of prince uh, the, what everybody remembers he just has this persona of someone who is a rock star yeah i mean i don't know if you saw the snl special on prince but jimmy fallon told a really cool story about the uh, after show after snl 40 where they just had all these really famous musicians, actors, artists and when when Prince was co- called to the stage to perform, it's like the crowd parted and he like floated <laughs> to the stage. And they actually showed the video and he just he killed it and he's just He's an awesome artist. I would really recommend reading Wesley Morris and Bomani Jones' articles on him. There's a good
0: one on the Rolling Stone, too.
1: So there's uh, definitely some good articles to follow up a little bit more. I just want to share probably my favorite story I heard from The weekend was Dave Grohl's being interviewed by Howard Stern. And Dave Grohl obviously came up as the uh, drummer for the Foo... For, not the Foo Fighters. Nirvana. for Nirvana. And he's renowned as one of the best drummers probably of the last 20 or so years. And when uh, Howard Stern asked him, is Prince a better musician than you, he right. said, dude, Prince is a better drummer than I am. Yeah, so it just he, speaks. Yeah, to Prince
0: it. was the best at a bunch of different instruments. It's just I mean <laughs> watching him. So play many guitar, different vocal talents. Yeah. Songwriting. Everything. Yeah.
1: So there's there's a ton of good Prince stuff out there. We don't need to go into it too much, but right. um, it's out there if you want to find it. It's a sad thing, but yeah. his legacy will live on for sure. Yep. So Dave, speaking of someone who's very much alive, <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Yeah. You called him, man. Yeah. So Daisy Ridley, of course, Ray,
0: Bay, from Star Wars The <laughs> Force Awakens, initially rumored slash linked in talks, all those are kind of true, for three reboot of Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. Ridley will be playing the role of Lara Croft, of course. Right. And at that time, a few weeks ago, if you missed out on that, by the way, soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Mm-hmm. We think she's a great choice for Tomb Raider, but I also we're also talking about if she wanted to pull Jennifer Lawrence and get tied to a bunch of franchises. Mm-hmm. Or maybe go in the route of doing the art film, a la right. Kira Knightley, which mm-hmm. she did at, alongside Pirates of the Caribbean. And it seems like that's exactly what she's doing. Because she's just signed on to star in period drama, The Lost Wife. Which is adaptation of a Alison Reichman novel mm-hmm. set in pre-war Prague. It's a love story between an art student and the older brother of her best friend during the Nazi invasion. So actually, that that sounds a lot like atonement. First of all. So, it does. So shout out to Kira Knightley Connection.
1: I don't know. I I, th- I think it's it's the best direction for her. I, we talked at length about getting tied to too many mm-hmm. franchises and what that could mean. I think Daisy Ridley's too good of an actor for that. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is awesome, but I think Daisy Ridley is going to be a next level star. Interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I have enough to go off of with that, to be honest. I, Jennifer I, Lawrence I, is really good. Jennifer Lawrence is really, really good. But when I think about stepping into a franchise like Star Wars, I mean, with the Hunger Games movies, it was really a chance for Jennifer Lawrence to step into a leading role and really like make a space for her own that... Mm -hmm. People knew the books, but they didn't have a universe already. Daisy Ridley s- stepped into that's the true. biggest franchise of all time, pretty much. And no, it is uh, just said, hey, I'm going to make this my own. I'm going to be the biggest star in here. Right. So um, I think she's going to be next level. I, you also know I'm tired of Jennifer Lawrence. So right, right. Not going to give her any shine. She's
0: also reteaming with J.J. J. Abrams for this fantasy thriller called Coma. Coma yeah. He's producing and not directing, but that's interesting as well. So I'll be keeping an eye on Daisy Ridley moving forward, that's cool. I'm always going to have my auntie's here. <laughs>
1: so there's a bunch of other movie stuff. Why don't we start with something we ended last show with. Yeah. Huntsman. You were super stoked to see Huntsman. You you were riding hard for it. I wasn't super stoked. I said I would see it. <laughs> maybe that's what our reviewer's talking about. Yeah, maybe. I wasn't. I, I wasn't hard enough on Huntsman. Mm.
0: I said the first one was a five. That that that's pretty fair if you ask me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this Huntsman has to be like what a two? I think it has a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Doing to very well now. It's... We we knew
0: it wasn't doing good last week, and it only made about twenty millions past weekend, which is about thirty five million less than the first one. Universal could lose up to seventy million on this because it's That's gonna need crazy. it's gonna need to make three twenty five to break even once you factor in budget, marketing, and distribution.
1: That's insane. not going good. Another
0: uh L for Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. His uh non Avengers leading man star has not been that good. Black hat in the heart of the sea. He hasn't really had a hit on his
1: own. There were a lot of big names in this. Kira uh, not Kira, I think. Emily Blunt, um, Emily Blunt, Charlize Theron, and Jessica Chastain. Yeah, and Jessica Chastain, and I guess it just goes to show that if you don't have the story or the concept behind it, that yeah. stars can't always drive a film. Nope. Yep. So I mean, that one tanked. Keanu though, coming out this Friday. Yeah, looks dope. Keanu and Peele are great. They are. I think a lot of people really like undervalue mm-hmm.
0: just how intelligent Keanu and Pilar are at making sketches. They're and, so good and making good jokes
1: a a Ron.
0: Yeah, uh, oh my god, we could go all day, <laughs> Black Ice. Uh, so I'm excited for this, because this is their first movie that they're a part of. Obviously, Keegan-Michael Key's been in a lot of movies lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both in Fargo, which was awesome. Yeah. they were doing well for themselves, and it's getting pretty good word of mouth. I haven't actually looked at any reviews yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing Keanu at some point. Yeah, the trailer looks awesome, and... Uh, they uh, use seven cats, by the way. Really? Yeah, they have like, mm-hmm. one cat that's good at, like, going from point A to point B, mm-hmm. one cat that's good at being held. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I was actually wondering, like, <laughs> there's, a,
1: there's that scene in the trailer where you see the cat running and almost gets stepped on by the person. Yeah, like that's like Cat cat B, you know?
0: Yeah. They, up, was, there's, you know, A through G, whatever. Yeah, and I was wondering
1: how they were like able to make the cats do what they wanted Isn't That funny something i might actually look into the extra features like on youtube eventually to see but i think it looks like an awesome movie i, I don't know if you listen to, i know you listened to the bill simmons podcast interview with them and yeah. when, when they talked about how they they knew that they were going to get a movie eventually so they like wrote what they wanted and they yeah. made the movie the way that they wanted i think that that's awesome
0: yeah, they actually had a really good comment about that too because it has the cat in it this is gonna be like Deadpool in the fact yes. that it's an R-rated <laughs> yeah. movie that yeah. a lot of little kids are gonna see.
1: Well, it's not in like the that theater that they shouldn't see. It's the cat on the poster. Yeah, it's it's. I don't. I, it's tantalizing. Yeah, so it's like all these younger kids are gonna to want to see this, and they're gonna walk in, and there's a bunch of n bombs being thrown around. Yeah, and, not too much violence because it's rated R. It's. I think it's gonna be great. I can't wait to see it. Um, Do your homework,
0: parents and grandparents. Yeah,
1: and we'll we'll give our our quick quick thoughts on that after we see it. But there were a lot of. Awesome TV shows that look like movies this weekend that came out. Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah.
0: Jeez, I was like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. I'm trying, Dave, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make this as smooth as possible. HBO
0: Sunday. <laughs> really good.
1: Game of Thrones, great premiere. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was definitely interesting. What, what stood out to you? What it, give me like your top three moments that stood out. Dorn stuff. Dorn stuff. Uh, okay. uh, I won't go into it. So, the, the, the Sand Snakes.
0: Cleaning up the plot. Me and Sean last week mm-hmm. went in on how Dorn was kind of convoluted and unnecessary, yep. and it seems very much like a reaction to the feedback they got from last season, so that's good to streamline the story and the Melisandre thing at the end.
1: Yeah, I think Melisandra obviously was the last thing. She was the lasting image in what an image it was, but... Um... <laughs> I think the Sansa storyline definitely was probably the most uplifting. She's been taking L's basically since the moment she's gotten on the show. As has Brienne, yeah. So for both of them to have that moment was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And Theon too. He killed, he killed somebody to to get them out of that situation. Yeah. So it, maybe you'll see a little bit of Theon getting his uh, his swagger back. Jon's mm-hmm. still dead. Yeah, we'll, we'll check in. That that had I mean that has to be moving next week. I mean, it's it, getting something there. has to getting getting happen right away because I can't. I think, the, I think episode three,
0: dead. by prediction, episode some serious
1: moves will be made with Jon. Episode three, they know it's what everybody's waiting for, so they're going to make us wait at least one more episode. you think? There's plenty of things to set up. I'm not worried. Silicon Valley also came out. Though. Yeah,
0: we didn't talk about Silicon Valley last week. Obviously, we did so much talk about Game of Thrones, but Silicon Valley, I think, is the funniest show on TV. Mm, wow. That's a pretty strong statement. Yeah, yeah. it's it's great. Middletich, TJ Miller, who's
1: now blowing yeah. up from Deadpool. He's hilarious. Yeah, his, he plays Ehrlich. So <laughs> good. Ehrlich might be the best. He is the best character on that show. Oh, so funny. Much, he is. It, 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 what was his
0: line in the premiere? He's like, at least Judas had the decency <laughs> to kill himself. <laughs> you know who he betrayed? The CEO of the world. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ever heard of him? <laughs> he had a lot of great lines. But uh, Kumal Nanjani and Martin Starr, who... As mm-hmm. a as a young kid was on Freaks and Geeks, yeah, their G-Gilfoyle chemistry and the Gilmore Gil, and the Nash is excellent.
1: Yeah, they they always stand out. Uh, Richard is kind of just the person that drives the plot. I think I find myself more annoyed with his attitude a lot of time. Just like, dude, just get up and go be the CTO, like, or go do something. But yeah. he's always kind he's of, fine. Yeah, he's all right. You have you have Jared who's uh, Jared's hilarious. Jared is hilarious. Jared's straight comedy. Yeah, and I I think one of the, the cool things that they have going on is uh, what I, I can't think of the girl's name who's, like, the friend, but also on the yeah, board. Yeah, what's her name? I forget. It's, like, Rachel or something like yeah. that. She's becoming finally a female character on the show who actually matters. Yeah, because, and not uh, just, just there for plot. Yeah, exactly. So Agreed. The
0: thing I like about Silicon Valley is that their jokes, their, like, their bits are... They're really intelligent. Yeah. Like, like, when they make fun of, like, Schrodinger's cat, the scene towards the end of the season where they're plotting out how fast you could jerk off people. Yes, like, mean, of mean, mean one. Mean, jerk, whatever, should, like, it just it's such a ridiculous situation but because how smart they are um, it's just so funny yeah this is a show we've always talked about shows being hard to catch up on when there's so so many episodes Mm -hmm. there's only 20 now 21 episodes of silicon valley 30 minutes yeah it's 100 percent worth your time because it's really funny it's really
1: smart definitely binge watch it if if you have the opportunity to because it is an awesome show any other shows that came out that you want to talk about Veep, Veep came back. It, yeah, I don't watch Veep. I want to watch Veep. It's on my list. I know it's really good, but I haven't watched it. I think the thing I, I really like about Veep is the pacing of it mm-hmm. is really it's there's n- almost never a break like no no downtime in an episode. And it's right. thirty minutes, but it's, it's packed. Um, I definitely recommend catching up on Veep. But there's a lot more seasons of that. I believe right. this is season five. Um, so you have a lot to get through. Yeah. However, it is lining up with... Uh, they're having... A, or They just finished an election in the show and it's kind of ongoing still. And It's kind of going to line up with the election and the way things are playing out in real life. Interesting. Um, and you can actually... Which, hear is, some, which is what
0: House of Cards was doing also.
1: Yeah, very similar. And you can actually hear them make some jokes about the current candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one of the people on the show was told to go make a, a racist billionaire uh like president or something like that and it, it just it, straight reaction yeah it's pretty much just a, a straight call to what's going That's on cool. so it, there's definitely it's brilliant writing probably some of the best definitely check it out speaking of tv last week we briefly talked about the night manager yeah i uh,
0: didn't realize that the author of the night manager is a uh, john lecaro he's the same guy who wrote tinker taylor soldier spy uh, which is like one of the absolute best spy novels so I was not aware of the uh, the pedigree there when we were talking about that. So That's sh- interesting. So shout out that guy.
1: So Dave, we talked about some video game stuff a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I know you went to the PAX East conference yeah, in this Boston. past weekend. Give me a little bit of background. What is PAX exactly? What does yeah. it stand for?
0: Yeah, PAX stands for Penny Arcade Expo. It's just oh, okay. a series of video game conference slash shows across the country. The biggest one is called PAX Prime, which is in Seattle. And they have PAX South, which is in, I believe, New Mexico or Arizona. And then East is in Boston. It's not so much a press event. That's, that's E3. That's at the end of June. That's where the biggest announcements are every year. But this is more of just a see things uh, kind of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a huge show floor. You can see various booths. And the cool thing about it is that, I mean, you could have played any like huge high-profile game that's either coming out soon, like, like Doom or Uncharted or something like that later in the year, like Gears of War 4, like super high-profile stuff you already know about. That's not really what I wanted to do, because those games obviously have huger lines. I was looking for stuff I didn't know about, okay? because there's tons of indie developers everywhere. So just looking for cool uh, cool ideas and seeing cool stuff is what I, my, my chief goal is. And I was actually able to try uh, virtual reality on two separate occasions. Wow,
1: that's pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: I was able to use Oculus Rift, which is one of the big three uh, virtual reality headsets coming out this year. The Oculus is only for, it's for computer, for PC, it's going to be $600. Wow, uh, $600. Competition is the HTC Vive, which is made by HTC and Valve, mm-hmm. and that's going to be 800 bills. And then we have the PlayStation VR, which I was not able to uh, schedule a demo for, and that will be $400. Hmm. But it's uh, a little on the lower end of uh, the quality of the tech, if you want okay. to get into it, but it's easier to get into because you have a PlayStation that already runs it the Mm -hmm. uh, oculus and the vive you need a really high-end computer to use these things but either way it was really cool to uh use a headset where moving my head around is how i control the camera Mm -hmm. and move and stuff It's just really immersive and i mean we can talk about vr another time but you know the ideas are there so now it's all about people developing things for
1: did you actually feel like you were inside a like a a game or
0: yeah i mean it's like you you have the headset and you just look and that's all you see is like Mm -hmm. is what would be the screen so it's really cool because there's no distractions around you. You know, you don't see your phone ring. You, right. I mean, you you can hear people around You're you immersive. because I was in a I was in a loud you know conference hall, obviously. Right. But it's immersive, and I like that. So this, even just playing, you can play a normal game in this too. Hmm. Or you know, I mean, there's a lot of practical non gaming capabilities with VR. People have talked about, so it's really
1: intriguing. Something to follow, and this is really the first year it's going to become out there for the public. And could you see like uh, the landscape in your peripherals? When you uh, with the virtual reality on, so like if you were in a virtual virtual reality world, like you kind of see in your peripherals, like so, like buildings to the side or something along. Those yeah, sides. yeah. So it's basically when it, think of
0: think of a, a game, whatever you see on the screen, and then if you move the stick to you know change the camera and mm-hmm. move somewhere else. Okay. To do that, you just move your head. Cool. And then you'll see that. Awesome. So it's cool.
1: Anything else stand out to you?
0: Uh, no, I mean no, it's pretty pretty standard stuff. There's a lot of a lot of cool games that are out there. Pyre was a big game, big hit for most people. So I mean, if you if you're in, into that stuff, definitely go to any of the gaming sites. So there was ton of coverage. I saw you, you met
1: someone who you called your hero. Who was that? Oh yeah, I met uh, I met Greg
0: Miller from uh, Kind of Funny. He used to be the frontman, uh, basically of IGN.com, which is okay. like the C.E.N. of video games. Yeah, and I've been a really big fan of his independent ventures, and even when he's on IGN. And he's actually one of the ones who inspired me to podcast a few great. years ago, last year. And uh, he's a really cool, really genuine guy. And I was, I met him talked to him a few times during the uh during the weekend so that was a really cool moment that's awesome yeah i was really happy
1: so why don't we jump in uh, we're kind of jumping around say it's kind of a grab bag episode if you will yeah but uh penda 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 i believe is designer. how you pronounce it yeah number one on billboard yeah designer so. two eyes and I, I think we'll actually maybe in our next discussion uh talk a little bit about if billboard actually matters but designers at number one what do you think that's uh, unexpected yeah my god I, I, I don't quote me exactly on this, but I'm pretty sure he was at Coachella and threw up during one of his performances and just kept going. Like, he was just Bad, wilding that's, out. That's good. Uh, although, I found out he has actually never been to Atlanta. So, does that... Hey, he's like 18. Does that change the song for you? He's from Brooklyn. He says he has,
0: he has broads in Atlanta boy. and he's never been to Dude, Atlanta. Dude, the, the story with Designer is that he was just messing around, bought a beat on from, that he found on YouTube and just went in. That's pretty awesome. And now he has a hotter song, a better song, charting anyway, than anything future ever released. And he's a straight up future rip <laughs> He sounds like future. He talks about subject matter of Atlanta like future, He also, had, but he has a hotter song
1: than him. He also funny? had his song put on a Kanye West
0: album. Right, but here's the, here's the thing that's really interesting to me. I, I've been thinking about this parallel a lot. Kanye likes to put on people that are hot at the time. Most recently, I guess you could say, Chief Keefe. Mm-hmm. He takes... Chief Keefe's buzzing underground song, I don't like, remixes it with Pusha T and Jadakiss and Big Sean. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Keefe's still on it. Smash it on Cruel Summer. Keefe blows up because of it. Now, Kanye, very similar thing. He takes Designer's Panda, heavily interpolates it for part two on on Life of Pablo. Basically just took it. Right. (laughs) However, because of this, part two didn't get super huge. The original song got super huge instead. It's very different than what happened with Chief Keefe. So I, it's interesting. He certainly obviously got to push to go oh, wrong. Absolutely. It's like like McConan with Club Going Up on Tuesday. Once Drake hopped on the remix, McConan right. got huge. But I don't think anyone expected Designer
1: to have the number one song of the country... Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's an okay song. It's catchy. I, th- I think we we know that you're a lot more into hip-hop than I am, so I'm the old man who's not big into the, this rap song, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's pretty good. Is it's, it it's number a number one song? See, that's the thing. Like, What does it mean the... to be a number one song at this point? I mean, I don't listen to the radio. so I mean, It's
0: radio and streaming combined, but the last hip-hop song to be number one was... Wiz Khalifa See You Again but let's be honest here, that's not really a rap song no. that is super poppy Charlie Puth on the hook and Wiz's you know bridge uh, how can we not talk about family when family's all we got right. it's not hip hop let's be honest and it was also
1: in Fast and Furious
0: yeah so... but like it, it's
1: just not even that rap
0: like, not absolutely rap that's just fine don't get me wrong but like designer Panda that's straight trap like that is it is the thing that a
1: future song or a Young Thug song or a Rich Homie song would ever mm-hmm. be number one is insane. But here we are with Panda. Well, I think the reason I, I, I foreshadowed this a little bit was not meant to actually be a number one song. Because Beyonce released Lemonade Friday night. And yeah. I'm can i I'm not sure if any of these songs are ever going to go to number one. But they probably are way better than Panda by designer. Yeah, I mean, Formation's been
0: out for a while. She premiered that. On the Super Bowl after like dropping like, a little bit the day before, which was cool. We talked mm-hmm. about that a little bit, but yeah, that song "Sorry," obviously
1: Becky with the good hair. With the good hair, sure. No, I, I mean uh, I, the song I, with the weekend. I think is the best song for the radio. Really, I that was my least favorite song. You didn't like that song? No, I oh, did wow. not like I, this. Song. Did you like the acoustic song? Hold up, that was called? hold up is the best. Which, is is it's the, the most poppy song? I think. I think right. hold up will be the song of the summer. Yeah, James opinion. Blake on this bitch though. Yeah, but shout out James Blake. Where's that album at? James Blake is a really interesting artist. We'll definitely talk more about him if he ever does drop another album. Which he, he that's will something does, I expect.
0: But, is, that's something I think is a good window this year. What for him to drop an album? Yeah, hmm, that'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah.
1: No, but hold up. Shout out to Ezra Koenig who got a writing credit on this. Oh yeah, actually, you look in the liner notes for this album. There's so many cool credits. There's so many cool credits. I mean, L- Led Zeppelin got uh, yeah credits. All, all on. of Led Zeppelin because because yeah. she did literally sampled something. And don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself is an awesome song. By the way, there I mean there, there are a couple of songs I really ride for uh, on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Hold up is awesome. Don't hurt yourself. All night stealing the horns from Spotty Addy Dopalicious. Outcast. Mm, what what, a, what an awesome choice! The horns are perfect on it.
0: So Andre three thousand has writing credits on this and Life of Pablo, despite, despite not making a song in literally ages.
1: Yeah, but he was on the Life of Pablo for like allegedly thirty hours or something. Like that. <laughs> but dude, so Freedom also bangs.
0: Yeah, it's with Kendrick.
1: Yep. Lamar. So there, there's definitely some. I'll be honest. I'm not. A, I love Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar is awesome. The
0: guy MC, but him just. Dis- doing these kind of features doesn't do it for me it's kind of like when he was on love game with Eminem
1: oh yeah like
0: it's it's fine you're so good at making like your own songs right that you doing
1: these mm-hmm. mediocre nothing really to them features whatever mm-hmm yeah, no, I mean it's Ken, Kendrick comes on for what thirty seconds, and yeah. he really is like his he's distorted sound, and it's just it's a whatever. But the the song goes hard. I mean, it's like I said, uh, "Hold Up" will be the song of the summer, but probably the best song on the album, in my opinion, is uh, "Don't Hurt Yourself." But the album content was really interesting. Yeah, hold
0: on, back to the features real quick. Sure, Hip Boy has a, produced "Sorry," huge producer. He did uh, "Paris," "Watch the Throne." Okay, Goldie, ASAP Rocky. He's one of the his last five years, one of the best hip hop producers, so that's cool. Cool B for him. I didn't know that, know this when Formation came out, but um, when I was looking, Sway Lee from Ray Shremmerd has writing credit
1: hmm. on that
0: song. Isn't Zendaya also in this? I do not know Zendaya. Winter Gordon from you know, that song "Dirty Talk" like four years ago. That that oh,
1: hop song. Yeah. Winter Gordon has a bunch of writing credits on this. And well, Animal Collective got a—I don't know if it's a writing or producing he, credit on one of them. I yeah, think it's Mike Dean, obviously Kanye connection right there. Mm-hmm. Diplo's on here. I was actually surprised not to see Kanye's name on there, especially because... just Blaze Beat.
0: That's rare. Um, and that's, that's the Jay Z connection, even though you know Jay Z's not looked upon too highly in
1: this album. <laughs> no, he's not. We'll definitely get into that. The last
0: one I want to say though, Beyonce says I forget what song is it, but she says hopped up out of bed, turned my swag on. You know who she gave credit for? With that line? Uh, young
1: Thug. No. No?
0: Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Turn my Step. flag on. In 2009. Soldier Boy's about to be Grammy nominated because you know <laughs> this shit's getting Grammy nominated in 2017.
1: Soldier Boy and Sway Lee both. I think that's hilarious. It's also, I think, being... I think HBO said that they're going to nominate this for... Emmy. Like an Emmy. The yeah. film thing? So they, they're I didn't watch the film. You did, right? Yeah, the, the film's interesting. It's just it's a lot of imagery. It's... it's I don't know. I guess... It, the, it leads into a really interesting... How long is it? Uh, the it's length an of hour the album. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an hour and five minutes, but that includes credits. And the and the formation video at the end, which everybody's already probably seen. Yeah. The content of the album, obviously, talks about, basically, Jay-Z mm. cheated on Beyonce, mm. and she's met Allegedly. She's met. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's alleged at this point. It's, it's Becky with the good hair. I don't you know think she is.
0: would... Super calculated move. That's, that's Beyonce's whole amount out Kanye's lately been all about excess. You don't know what to care about. You don't know what's you know a joke. What doesn't matter. Beyonce, right. it all matters because she's very uh, limited. She doesn't do interviews. She doesn't tweet. Her Instagram. She's not. She's showing a lot of skin on that thing. Mm-hmm. So this lemonade project, and I mean, you talked about it before about the album release being dead. I mean, clearly here oh, we yeah. are, a film to tease an album that we didn't know was coming. Beyonce's last album, the Beyonce Beyonce album with, you know, Partition and all those songs. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise release, too.
1: Yeah, and it's actually kind of brilliant because if you think about just financially, you save on advertising and you basically use social media, which is the best way to advertise anyway. It's free. Because if your friends are telling you to listen to it, you're more likely to than... And when you're this big, big. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that that's the thing. When you talk about calculated move, I mean, this is the power couple of <laughs> pop culture. Yeah, well, and
0: Beyonce's control of her own image is super... It's really interesting, just because she's so good at it. But yeah, the, the themes of this album. I don't think she would make this up. I mean, imagine if she's like, "Yeah, that was uh, just a fictional subject matter." Me and Jay Z
1: are good. It would definitely be interesting. But when you he, he was actually in the video at one point, right? and he's like begging her, holding her, like putting like kneeling at, at her feet and things like that. It was pretty. I mean, if she made all this up and this is some incredible publicity stuff or like yeah. just concept, it's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Because either
0: way, it's super calculated. Yeah, and, the, and it's the,
1: released on a Saturday night. And as That's you were saying, same. she was she basically was just slowly giving out a little bit of rope. Here's a little bit more about me, and everybody's just like, "Give me more, Beyonce. Yeah. I want to know more about your life." Nope. That's we, we get what we get. We see a couple shots of Blue Ivy. We get what we get. We see a couple <laughs> shots of Jay Z groveling at her feet. We get what we get. She looks super hot in the videos, though. When does I mean, when
0: does when does she not?
1: Yeah, she's 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 a queen. She uh, smashes in windows of cars. Yeah, she, I don't know if I advise that. <laughs> she uh drives. She takes a monster truck and drives over a bunch of other cars. She's just she's screaming into things. <laughs> I mean, she's she's fierce. She's Sasha fierce. Yep. That was two uh, albums ago, dude. She's still Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) Three albums ago, actually, 2008. So uh, when you you think about all of these things, I mean, so we talked about Panda being this really popular song right now. It's not, it doesn't match up musically, I don't think, to any of these. However, I don't know if any of Beyonce's stuff will go number one. So what does it really mean at this point to... have an album release to have a single versus an album i mean i think he was... just
0: wanted success more than anything else with beyonce sure he has all the success she couldn't mm-hmm. she could give this away if right. she wanted to she doesn't care For her it's clearly about the message her calculating how she you know uses her brand
1: sure with well a guy like
0: designer that's just uh that's not that was just a single that he put out right i mean one the only thing was master initially you know i'd love to know how kanye found it or someone showed it to kanye sure I mean, it was kind of buzzing, but still kind of new. So, like, that's different now. I mean, think, what was another recent album? ASAP Ferg just came out last weekend, uh, Friday, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, his second album, right? He had an unexpected hit with his first album. So now he's trying to maintain longevity. Right. So, a guy like Ferg, the sales aren't so much the problem for him, so much as that you just want, like, you just want to be in the zeitgeist. You just want... You want to be on Twitter. You want people to be talking mm-hmm. about your work, and Beyonce knows that's what's going to happen. So that's all she cared about. So she so she has this hyper focused project. Right. ASAP mm-hmm. Ferg's album, which you go into it, a lot of clear attempts at crossover appeal, radio hits. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trap Lord, his debut album, is super New York, super gangster, which is great. Right. But now he's trying to, you know, latch on and it needs to be broad. So it really depends on the situation, I think.
1: Yeah, and it seems to really matter more about the individual artist's profile. Yeah. Like, you think about probably the three biggest albums of this year, The Life of Pablo, Untitled, Unmastered, and yeah. Lemonade. And all three of those artists are so established and so renowned at this point yeah. that they can basically do whatever the fuck they want. But someone like A$AP Ferg, like you said, is trying to get that contract, get that next album deal. So he needs to have that broad appeal. But it's almost interesting, because I guess pulling this full circle, you think about Prince, and you see those images of him with Slave written on his cheek when he had this terrible deal with Warner Brothers where he had to just keep producing all these albums, and he hated it. And Beyonce and Kanye and Kendrick are at the point where they want to control their own stuff. They don't want to have to be putting out crap just to fulfill some type of contract. Right. And it's really exciting that all these artists are making these really interesting decisions. I mean, Beyonce has a country song on this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> she gets to basically do whatever she wants, but it gives her more freedom, and I'm excited about it. Well, that. yeah, I mean, we have Drake's Vs from The Six coming out at the end of the month. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're reading this too late, his album slash mixtape from last year, you know, Know Yourself, Run Through Six With My Woes, all that stuff. That song, that album is clearly, clear, uh, sonically a mixtape. You mm-hmm. can just tell, just the type of songs on yeah. it. But it was released commercially, and a lot of people think that uh, Drake did that because he wanted to check another box off of his album quota to get out of his Probably. Young Money deal. And if that's the case, then Views on the Six would be his last deal, well, in which case he would just be strictly independent with
1: Ovio, which is his his label. Right. So that'd be interesting. Absolutely. Well, we've grab bagged I think enough for one yeah. episode leave us a review on itunes search nostalgia um we're the only nostalgia yeah. or if you don't want to do that there's a link
0: directly to itunes at soundcloud.com slash nostalgia there's a link to our stitcher or google play
1: mm-hmm. or twitter at nostalgia pod interact with us we want to hear from you guys yeah leave us a rating leave us a review follow us on twitter go listen to all of our past uh episodes you know you want to yeah oh dave wh- where can they find you
0: yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Martin or M-A-R-T-N-S-W-A-G-R. Also, if you're into sports, I just did a NFL mock draft episode, which will probably be a little redundant by the time you hear this. So for more future sports episodes, follow us at samplecom slash mercyrule or at mercyrulepod.
1: Yeah, and you can follow me at Sheeny World Peace on Twitter, S-H-E-E-N-Y-W-R-L-D-P-E-A-C-E. Shout out Meta World Peace. Boy, bye. And this year has been a long round, so I gotta go with logic the one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro?